0: Well, good morning, church. For those on campus, I invite you to stand. And those virtually and in person, I invite you to worship with us this morning. If you want to put your hands together, please. And I am safe on the solid ground, the Lord is my salvation.
1: Well, hello and welcome to Eastside Church. Whether you're on campus or online, we are so glad to have you with us. We'll continue on in our service, but before we get to that, there's just a few things we want to let you know about. Today, Eastside Kids is hosting a picnic at Shadyside Park in Anderson from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. So everyone at the 9 a.m. service has plenty of time to get to the park, but everyone at the 11 a.m. service, well, I know the party has started without you, but you still have time after service for at least one popsicle. We'll be at the main stone shelter, so make sure you enter all on the Broadway side. Popsicles and drinks will be provided and you can bring food, snacks, or maybe even your own popsicles if you're worried they'll be gone by the time you get there. There's equipment the kids can play on and time for everyone to hang out. Come by Shadyside Park for picnic and fun from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on the Broadway side. Graduation open houses are in full swing. Help us celebrate our Eastside grads and stop by an open house. We've got a couple coming up this Saturday and likely more to come. Check the Eastside app or the at Eastside email newsletter for details on where and when to find those. And graduates, don't forget to invite the church. You can also check the app and newsletter on how to submit your open house details. Support your Eastside graduates. It's a big accomplishment that is worth celebrating. If it's on your heart to give today, those on campus can place cash and checks in the drop boxes and the. in back of the room or everyone can always go to es.church give or use the Eastside app. Thank you for your partnership in serving this community not only here in central Indiana but around the world. Well Eastside it is good to be here with you. It's our prayer that God continues to move in great and powerful ways as we hear from him and his word. Thanks for being here.
2: It is good to have you in worship with us today. Here at Eastside We are blessed to have young families as a part of our congregation, and for the last month or so, each week we've been either celebrating graduates from high school or celebrating with families who are dedicating themselves uh, to raise their children to come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so today, we actually have um, James Hunter Lubs. And he is here with his grandparents, Mark and Lori Loves, and his great-grandmother and his great-grandfather who are here with him today. And then we also have Lainey Grace Ricker. And she brought her older brother Brody with her today. Brody's six years old uh, this week, I think. And uh, we are delighted to have his mom and dad and her mom and dad, uh, Aaron and Angie Ricker, uh, here with us. And they have some grandparents and great-grandparents and an aunt and some, some great aunts and uncles and all of that kind of thing here with them. And so today, we want to encourage you to join with us and with these families as we dedicate ourselves to being a place where children are welcome and children and families are encouraged to grow in Jesus Christ.
3: Parents, grandparents, you understand the significance of today. You realize that today is less about the child and more about your commitment to raise them to follow Jesus. You understand the impact that you have on your child. Where the church might get an average of maybe 40 hours a year, you will get an average of over three Thousand hours a year with this child. And while that might seem like a lot, it will go by very quickly. The gift that we're giving you today will help you understand how quickly it can go. You'll each receive a jar with 936 pennies in it, one for each week from when your child is born to when they turn 18. We encourage you when you go home from church each week to take one penny out of the jar to see the value of the time you have with your child. I know
2: that you stand before us today, you understand what's going on. I know both of your families well and your heritage of faith. And so I would encourage you uh, today when asked the appropriate questions to simply respond, we do, as your answer to these.
3: Parents, do you pledge to live in harmony with God's will to the best of your abilities? Do you commit yourselves to continue to grow in your own spiritual journeys, even as you help your child know God personally?
2: Do you promise to give this child every possible benefit of home, school, church, and ask God's blessings? on their life to guide, guard, and direct them through all of their years.
3: Family and friends, if it is your intent to support these parents through your presence, your practical help, and your unconditional love, would you please respond, we do.
2: Eastside, you have long been a church that has loved families well. One of the joys of my life was talking with uh, A pastor who was pastor of this church from 1952 until 1965, Dr. Roscoe Snowden, who shared with me that from the very beginning days of this congregation, as he would say, there were the the footprints of children everywhere and the laughter of families, and that has been our heritage for some 70 years now. And so I would ask you as a congregation, if you intend to continue to be that kind, of, that kind of congregation, would you stand with me if you're on campus? And if you're online with us today in the chat room, there are some emojis that you can also be a part of this moment by simply indicating your intention to continue to be this kind of church where families can grow and children can learn about Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Abba. Papa, your son told us we could talk to you that way, introduced us into a relationship with you that goes far beyond the awesomeness of a creator God who created all the universes, but but is also the father of our soul, the papa of our life. And today we stand with these families and we thank you for grandparents and great-grandparents who are are willing to to step up and help a child We, we thank you for moms and dads who are willing to to give of themselves to make sure that their child comes to a full understanding of who Jesus is and so we thank you for modeling for us within within the Godhead itself within your relationship as father son and holy spirit the the healthy relationships that can be known in family and thank you for the opportunity to be the family of god today we pray for your blessing on these two special gifts from you this beautiful little girl and this handsome young man and their families for it's in the strong name of jesus christ that we pray amen Congregation, you can be seated in families. Before you go back, we actually have uh, certificates for you that have the pictures uh, of your children on it, and we do hope that you will be blessed by their presence. I need to make another announcement—one that some of you have been waiting for for quite some time. For those of you on campus and those of you online, you need to know that when we uh, when we did the survey of our congregation a few weeks ago uh, coming in this season of coming out of the pandemic, Uh, your response was overwhelming. I shared some of those responses a few weeks ago, but there was one thing, one thing that you as a church said to us as a staff that you missed more than anything else during the pandemic. Now, I I was a little offended because I thought it would be the sermons, right, that you missed hearing me preach, Uh, but then I realized you could hear me online, okay, so I wasn't quite as offended, Uh, but here's what you did say. You said the number one thing you missed was being able to talk to other people in the church. Now, I thought about how we could remedy that. I thought perhaps instead of a sermon someday, we could just have all of you talk to each other uh, for a little while, we just call it a social hour. But but then we thought, well, you know, honestly, the church should be about the Word of God. And we're going to get there in just a minute. But here's what we want you to know. We've come up with a plan to let you have an opportunity, vaccinated or unvaccinated, to chat with one another in a safe fashion. And that is this. Beginning next Sunday, uh, starting about 845, And running through this service and the hour between services um, and through the second service in the Life Center, we will have coffee. Some of you have been asking, when is the coffee coming back? And in the life center, there will be coffee uh, free of charge for you. But there will also be some snacks and things that, if you want to purchase, you can do that. They will be individually wrapped so that we're maintaining the health standards we need to maintain. But we also want you to know that that in the life center there will be uh, television set up that will be streaming the service, and so. Uh, it's just going to be an, another opportunity for you between services, before services, to a fellowship with other people. And if you get caught out there and you're having such a good time that you want to watch the service from there, you're welcome to do that as a group as well. So we just wanted to let you know that you told us you wanted to talk to each other. So we're giving you a place where you can do that on Sunday mornings. All right. So today we launch a new series called Live Your Best Life, and it's a, it's a series that I am excited to share with you during the month of June uh, as we head toward the 4th of July, which is the other announcement I need to make for you. On the July 4th, we will have one service, and it will be a long service. It will last from 11 until 1, and it will be outside, and it will be a tailgate party, All right. We will have food trucks here for those of you who don't want to cook, uh, but we will also have the opportunity for you to tailgate. Now, if you don't know what tailgating is, just Google it, all right? And, and you can bring your own lunch, bring, bring your own food. You can bring your barbecue grill if you want to and set it up in the parking lot. Um, I, and, and, and we will do that together and have an outdoor worship service uh, on Sunday, July 4th from 11 to 1 in the north parking lot here. So watch for some more details coming, but make your plans if you're in town. In fact, you could even bring a friend with you on that day. So we're doing this Live Your Best Life series starting today and running through that Sunday, July 4th. Now, the Live Your Best Life series it comes out of this belief I have that some of you have heard me share for a number of years that we were created for more than what most of us live into, that God made us for more than the way most of us choose to live our life. And this morning we're going to begin the series by by looking at a story, a rather famous story out of the book of Acts uh, that took place in a place called, I call it Philippi, some people will call it Philippi. Uh, please forgive my southernism with the elongation of the I vowel. All right, and and I'll and, and as we as we look at this place called Philippi, we we talked a few weeks ago about Lydia, who was the first convert there. But as Paul and Silas and Timothy and Luke are are proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in this very metropolitan, very essential city for the Roman Empire, it was a a very very special time. In fact, so special that Paul would later write a letter to these people. It's, it's, it's a letter in your New Testament called Philippians. And if you read the letter that Paul wrote to them many years later, it, it's, a, it's a letter of love and encouragement. The relationship between Paul and these people who were converted in, in Philippi is an amazing relationship. And it started with Lydia outside the city gates as we talked a few weeks ago, because there weren't enough Jewish people in Philippi to have, there weren't enough Jewish men to have a synagogue. And so this is a very cosmopolitan, metropolitan, Greek and Roman city. It had been founded by by Alexander the Great's father, who conquered that area, all right? It was a, it was a, a city that had the huge influence of the Greek gods that people worshipped in the first century. It was a city with a Roman influence at this point in time. In fact, it was the place, as I told you a few weeks ago, where, where retired Roman soldiers would go to live. It was considered a reward for faithful service to the Roman Empire to get to live in this beautiful place called Philippi. And In that place, in addition to Lydia, there's a story that for millennia now, The church has told over and over again. It's the story of Paul and Silas when they're in jail. They've been arrested and they're in jail. And that's the story that we always hear from Acts chapter 16 is how when they were in jail with their feet in stocks and they're oppressed, they've been beaten in the public square, they are singing at midnight. They are praising God. And every time I hear that story, I, I always think about the fact that I wonder if I'm in jail, am I going to praise God? A few years ago, I, I was invited in to speak at, a, at a, a prison, Tomoka State Prison, outside of Daytona Beach, Florida. Uh, the chaplain for that prison was a member of our congregation in Daytona Beach. And over a period of months, they had been, they had been teaching an evangelism course to the men in the prison who had accepted Jesus Christ and, and wanted to learn how to share their faith with the other prisoners. And at the end of the, the course, when these men had completed it, they had a banquet. And they invited me to come in and speak. And, and what I remember about going in to speak at Tomoka State Prison were two things. Number one, I remember when the when the prison door slammed shut behind me as I went in and was standing there ready to for the pat down and the wanding and all the stuff that they do to make sure you're safe coming into the prison. And and as I as I heard that latch go behind me there was this finality. There was just little bit of like, "Oh, man." But the other thing I remember is that these men had such amazing joy to be in prison. They had found Jesus Christ, and he was real in their life. And and they were wanting to share what they had found with the other people. And and during the banquet, there was laughter and joy and and a lot of conversation. and, And then when I was speaking, just as I'm wrapping up my speaking, suddenly alarms go off. I'm in a prison, and alarms go off. And the doors open and every door outside the little area where we were speaking suddenly opens and a man in a uniform with a gun steps inside this is not good if you're the speaker your anxiety level hits all-time highs i'm standing there thinking what is going on i turned to the chaplain who turned to the warden they whispered to me and said hey um, pastor, it's okay, there's a lockdown going on. I'm like, oh, great, I'm locked down in the state prison. That's Who's going to call my wife and tell her that? And then after a few moments when the all clear sounded, we finished up the banquet, and the men in the room began to come up, and, and they had little cards and they would come up and they would thank me and then they would take their little plastic card. It was, I learned from them it was their ID card. And they, would, they were coming up and they were taking it and they would make this motion like they were sliding it through a card reader at the end of the table where I was standing. And so I turned to the chaplain and I said, what in the world are these guys doing? And they said, Pastor, those cards are the currency for how they get things from the commissary here in the prison. And when they slide that card, they have so many points. It's their way of, of, of buying things here. And when they come up and they slide that in front of you, what they're, what they're saying to you is, it's, it's kind of a custom they've come up with, of saying, I'm buying in to what's going on. I, I've never read the story of Paul and Silas singing in prison same way since that night at Tomoka State Prison. But I can also tell you that I've never read this story from Acts 16 in quite the same way as I've read it this year. Because there's more to the story than what we've told over the years. There's more to the story than these two men being in prison and finding a way to praise God in the midst of their adversity. I mean, come on, we've all had adversity. But right now, right now we're living in a world that is so, so in bondage, that is in so much pain. People around you and people around me are struggling to figure their way out of all of what's happened in the last 18 months. And as I read Acts chapter 16, now, in light of what we've lived through, it's about more than how you live when you're in prison. In fact, in in this story, can I tell you, Paul and Silas, Paul and Silas are the freest people in this story. In fact, all the people in the story that, that you would read the story and you would think they're free, they're really not. They're in bondage. And right now, we're living in a world that thinks it's free, and it's really not. It's in bondage. And when you look at the people in the story of Acts chapter 16 and how Paul and Silas ended up in prison, you discover that, that they were the freest men. And for those of us who have discovered what Jesus Christ can do in our life, we are indeed the freest people. But for those who are wrapped up in the fear, wrapped up in the anxiety, wrapped up in the insecurity, wrapped up in the anxiety of what's going on in our world, who hear the prison alarms going in their world, they are, they are not free. In fact, right now, we're living in a culture and in a world that is struggling to understand the very essence of freedom. And So I want to invite you today to take a journey with me into the city of Philippi. I want to invite you to journey with me on the pathway that, that these men, Paul and Silas, walked and meet the people they met. Listen, as I read for you from Acts chapter 16, I, I'm gonna start reading at verse 16, and Luke is writing, and he's a part of the company. Listen to what he says. As we were going to the place of prayer, Where they had met lydia and the others before we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling she followed paul and us crying out these men are servants of the most high god who proclaim to you the way of salvation and this she kept doing for many days Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit in her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. Now, this this young lady who had this spirit of divination, if you read the the actual language here, the, the word that's used is a word called pythos. And it's similar to the word python in the English. And in Philippi, and in the Greek gods and gods, it was common to use this word with regard to the god Apollos, who had had given an oracle through a python at one point in time. And in the city of Philippi, if someone who was, if you would, out of their normal mind, who was babbling things that looked as if they had lost their mind, they were viewed by the people in Philippi as having lost their humanness and been possessed by the gods. And so that person, this girl, who was captive by this spirit, was speaking over and over again And people believe that whatever she said was something that had come from the god Apollos, that she was being used by a god to tell their future. And so even though she's proclaiming, these men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. Folks, that's a true statement. That was not an untrue thing she was saying. But every time she said it in Philippi, it created this, it created this buzz among the people. And, and every time Paul had to basically come back and say, no, 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 look, we're not, we're not from Apollos. He's, he's not the God we're serving. And we're not serving any of these Roman gods, Greek gods that you've put up for people to serve. No, we, we serve the one true God. And so what was a true statement was actually a, a controversial statement introduction of these men and so here's what, what I want you to know you see it's important to know who's free and it's important to know are you free that's something I, I, wanna, I want you to see this young lady who the people thought was, was free to express what God the gods, Apollos, was saying to them no, 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 no. listen she wasn't free and she was, she was literally in bondage. And false freedom, false freedom creates bondage that, that comes from counterfeit spirituality. I, I, want, I want to talk with you a minute about that right now. Jesus said it this way. Not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven. In the 21st century, in 2021, moving forward, you've got to know not everybody who claims God really knows Jesus. You've got to know that everyone who says, let's just love everybody, isn't really talking about the same love that Jesus talked about. You see, love is more than just a feeling. Love is more than just acceptance. Love is an embrace that has a sacrifice with it. The love of God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. See, from the very beginning, love is defined as giving up something, not just receiving something. And for those who are always telling you that something good is your deserved right, you got to know they don't really love you. The people who are, who are helping us, enlighten us into how to embrace people who are different than us if they don't understand who jesus is if they don't understand that love that has a sacrifice to it that's not really love it's a counterfeit spirituality which is why paul turned to the girl and said you know what I, I, i you're not the problem it's the the spirit possessing you that's the problem which is why in our world We can't embrace the sin that many people are calling love. We can't embrace the sin that many people are calling acceptance. But what we can do is embrace the people who've been fooled by the bondage, by the counterfeit spirituality. Because not everyone who talks in spiritual language not everyone who goes to church not everyone who reads the bible not everyone who does the things that look as if they are serving jesus christ has had a change a transformation of their heart in the church of god we have taught for over 100 years That it's your experience of Jesus Christ that makes you a member of a local church. That's why those of you that Eastside is your church home, while we will ask you for contact information, we have never come and asked you to join the church because you can't join something that Jesus already placed you in when you accepted him as your Savior and your Lord. But you can't really be a part of it until you've been transformed by him. Just showing up here, just putting money in the boxes, just giving stuff by mail, serving someone, that doesn't make you a part of the body of Christ. No, real freedom, living in the freedom of Jesus, comes from a relationship with Jesus. And and when we understand that there are people around us who are like that slave girl, saying all the right things Saying things that are actually true, but not saying them out of the purity of their heart, but saying them out of an attempt to disrupt. That's not freedom. False freedom creates that bondage, but she wasn't the only person in bondage here. Uh, No, Paul and Silas were obviously more free than she was, but they were also more free. Than the people who owned her. Did you hear the rest of the story? Listen to the rest of the story. It, it, it's it's in Acts, beginning at verse nineteen of chapter sixteen. When her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. When when. Paul and Silas, through the name of Jesus, through the presence of Jesus, set the young lady free from the bondage, to false counterfeit spirituality. Suddenly, her owners realized they're about to lose income. Because you see, the owners, you know, they were in bondage too. False freedom doesn't just put us in bondage to, to counterfeit spirituality, it puts us in bondage to greed. It puts us in bondage to, to the kind of lifestyle where all we really care about is what we can get for ourselves. For, that's not just money, by the way. Some of the greediest people I've met had some of the least money I've ever seen. And some of the most generous people I've met were blessed with amazing financial resources. Greed is not about money. It's about control. These men saw, hey, wait a minute, this is a source of income for us. The people pay her to tell their their future, and now she can't do that because she's been set free. She's encountered Jesus Christ. She's a new person, and that Paul and that Silas, they took away from us what was ours. And so that's why I would suggest to you that Paul and Silas were more free than the people who put them in jail because that's what these guys did. They took them before the magistrates, the, the two guys who were responsible to the Roman government to, to keep everything going in Philippi, to keep the peace, to, to administer justice. And when they brought them there, well, look at what their story says. And when they brought them to the magistrates, they said, these men are Jews, and they're disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. And the crowd joined in, attacking Paul and Silas. And the magistrates tore the garments off of Paul and Silas and gave orders to beat them with rods. Now, these officers, these magistrates had guys who traveled with them all the time. And they carried with them, as they administered justice in Philippi, a, a bundle of rods to beat people with. And they also had in each bundle an axe. And the axe was there to enforce corporal punishment as well. So it wasn't just beating people, but they, they literally could decide life or death. And because these people were so upset and so in bondage to their greed and their need to control, they, 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 they took Paul and Silas. And they accused them, and without a trial, without any investigation, the people brought them, and the magistrates said they're guilty, and in an, an amazing sense of injustice, they, they beat them publicly, something that no Roman citizen was ever supposed to have happen to them. Rome was supposed to protect them from that. And now here, these people representing Rome don't even give Paul and Silas an opportunity to say anything. They simply beat them and throw them in jail. You see, some of us are not just in bondage to greed or to counterfeit spirituality. Some of us are in bondage to our cultures. It's a false freedom to think that just because, just because everybody's doing it, I ought to do it too. Just because the culture says it's right, I, I need to embrace it. No, no, you, you, you have had an experience with Jesus Christ. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, there's been a transformation in your life. Now suddenly you are no longer a part of this world for your cues on how to live. You are set free to live in connection with Jesus Christ. And being set free to live in connection with Jesus Christ brings you to a place where the real freedom isn't what the culture says is right to do. It's what Jesus says is right to do. But pastor, how do do I know what Jesus says is right to do? Do I just have to listen to you because you're the pastor? No, please. Don't live that dangerously. Listen to his word. Read his word. Listen to his spirit. Learn his spirit's voice. That's why Paul and Silas, arrested, beaten, thrown in jail, could sit at midnight singing the praises of God, knowing they had been served with injustice, knowing that they had been beaten without cause, knowing that they had literally done a great thing by setting this young lady free, but because of the greed of her owners and the bondage of a culture, they were, they were imprisoned when they were innocent. So I, I think maybe right now, maybe in, in the life of the church, in the Western civilization, the Western world, there's, there's a real a real need to understand the difference in, in what humans have created and culture has started. And what the Word of God says is a way to live your life, to understand that real freedom comes from actually placing yourself in service to Jesus. That's the way Paul would describe it many years later. He would say, I'm a bond servant to Christ. I've been set free from being in bondage to a counterfeit spirituality. I've been set free from being in bondage to my greed. I've been set free from being in bondage to the culture around me. I've been set free to be a servant of Jesus Christ. When you can do that, then it sets you free, even, even at a more powerful level. And that's the part of the story that many of you know. It's the part of the story where, while they're singing the praises of God in the midst of a prison at midnight, an earthquake takes place. That's not uncommon in that area of the world. But when that earthquake took place, it actually broke the doors. And broke the bonds that were holding Paul and Silas and look what happened about midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God the other prisoners were listening to them and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened and when the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open he drew his sword and was about to kill himself supposing that the prisoners had escaped but Paul cried with a loud voice "Do not harm yourself for we are all here. Uh, The the reason he was going to take his life is because he was in bondage to to a misplaced misplaced loyalty. He, 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 He had taken an oath as a Roman soldier. He had taken a vow as the jailer of the city jail in Philippi, that if any of the prisoners under his watch ever escaped, he would take the responsibility and sacrifice his life. So when he saw the cell doors open, when he saw the, 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 the prisoner open and the bonds off, he assumed that they'd all left. And So he takes out what they referred to as their short nu- sword, their short knife and he's about to plunge it somewhere into his body to take his own life. When out of the darkness comes the voice of Paul, we're all still here. My friends, this morning I just needed to say to you that the only way you're gonna live your best life The only way you're going to live the way Jesus created you to live, the way he spoke you into being, the way he gave you the opportunity to be on this planet, the only way you're ever going to do that is to live in an authentic freedom that only Jesus can give. That jailer, when he heard the voice coming out of the darkness, suddenly realized that that there was an authentic offer on the table, an authentic offer of freedom look what he did he called for the lights and he rushed in and trembling with fear and awe, he fell down before Paul and Silas and he brought them out and said sirs what must I do to be saved and they said believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved you and your whole household and they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house and they took him the same hour of the night and washed their wounds And he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. John Chrysostom, great, great preacher of another era, one of the patristic fathers, commented on this story in this way. He said, the jailer washed the wounds inflicted on Paul and Silas, and Paul and Silas introduced him to Jesus, who washed the sin of his life away. Today, I I would ask you simply this question. Who's free? Are you free? For those of you on campus, there's a communion cup and a wafer at your seat. It is a symbol of the authentic freedom Jesus Christ came to give us. And so I would invite you to take it. And to look at it for just a moment and ask yourself that question. Am I free? Am I really a person who has who has discovered the freedom of Jesus Christ? if you're at home, online, or wherever you are, I hope you've, you've prepared bread and cup where you are today. And I would invite you to take it as well, and to hold it in your hands, and to look at it, and, and over these next few moments, to answer that question, who's free? The person who knows Jesus. When Paul and Silas left Philippi, Lydia was not the only convert they left. There was a, a former slave girl who now knew Jesus. There was a jailer who now knew Jesus. There were actually some magistrates, if you keep reading the 16th chapter, there were some magistrates who had discovered where the real power in the world was, and it wasn't with Rome. That's why Paul would write many years later, beautiful, beautiful words to the people in Philippi, about how much he rejoices at their faith. Would it that be true about us today, in our world? As the vocal team sings this next song, whether you're online or on campus, I invite you to be really honest with yourself and ask yourself am i free if you're not then i invite you to make this moment the time when you ask jesus to forgive you of your sins because you're holding in your hands a symbol of his body and a symbol of his blood his authentic freedom is right here for you and if you have accepted him then let this be a moment where you say it is well it is good i am
4: There's a grace when the heart is under fire, another way when the walls are closing in. When I look at the space between where I used to be and this reckoning, I used to know I will be alone There's Standing next to me There was another in the waters Holding back the seas And should I ever need reminding Of how I've been set free There is a cross that bears the burden Where another died for me There is another in the fire Another in the fire Oh All my death that for dead beneath the waters I'm no longer a slave to my sin anymore And should I fall in the space between what remains of me we It
2: So the question is, are you free? And this week we've prepared some questions that you might want to use in your your personal devotions or with your family or with your small group. Simply these. Where are the places that you're pursuing security or false freedom in your life currently? What do those places look like? Where are they? And how would seeking Christ in those areas bring you an authentic freedom? And as you live out that freedom in Christ, how would it help others seek authentic freedom for themselves in Christ? This morning, I want to pray for those of you on campus and those of you online, that in this month, you would discover how to live your best life and you would begin with a freedom in Jesus Christ. Would you pray with Abba, Papa, today we live in a world that, that sells a brand of freedom that isn't really free. We live in a culture that, that teaches a freedom that isn't really free, a love that isn't really love. And we, we want to be who you made us to be. We want to live the life you created us to live. And in order to do that, we need you to set us free from the bondage of the things around us, of our greed, of a counterfeit spirituality, of a culture that that doesn't know you. Lord, we, we wanna be people who place our loyalty in the right places, our loyalty to you, to your word, to your spirit. So I ask you, I ask you to speak into the hearts of the people Who are in this room and who are with us online lord would you call us forward as your people to live our best life for it's in the strong name of jesus christ that we pray amen i'm so glad that you've chosen to join us on campus today